Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. SmackDown just got squashed by WWE Raw. For once, that's not an overstatement or an incorrect use of the word squashed and or buried. I'm Ollie Davis. This is the other one, Luke Owen. Welcome to the eighth, the eighth Wrestle Ramble episode in a row from a daily schedule point of view. This is our Survivor Series 2018 review show. And it was... It's just so confusing, isn't it? <laughs> we had we started the Wrestle League as these this weekend of wrestling shows in WWE, where we're now going to collate all of our predictions, mine, Luke, and Laurie's, and all of our website writers too, and we're going to tally up all the individually correct predictions over a three-month period. It'll pay off at Royal Rumble. Loser has to make a music video. That's the idea. Loser of us three, not the website writers. Yeah. Because no one cares about them. No, no, no. They're jobbers. And I... I, Even I, though they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Convincingly so. Yeah, we won't go through all of their scores. Just assume they're above us. Yeah, they, we're they, right at the bottom. They do better. Yeah. But I, for a joke, said... Because we, we were going through and I had a Smackdown prediction there and a Raw one here and a Smackdown one. And I thought, you know what? Now, I feel like this is going to be a clean sweep for Raw because if you look at this like Vince McMahon looks at things, Raw's the A-show, Smackdown means nothing. And I jokingly changed all my predictions to Raw. And oh, we laughed. Oh, we laughed. And we thought, Oliver Davis with your wacky nonsense. You even said, I'm just going to play the odds game. Because even if SmackDown win a few matches, I'm going to get all the Raw ones right. That was my logic. It was because there's no real way to predict stories coming out of Raw and SmackDown because they're just going to go back to their own shows and not cross over. So it is kind of just a game of chance. It's Russian roulette yeah. with, with wrestling quality and booking quality. And I, yeah, so I thought I'd rather ha- I reckon Raw are going to win the majority of the matches. So if I just pick all Raw, at least I'll have I won't be under fifty percent right. Mate, it made sense. Yeah, it totally made sense. It made too much sense. <laughs> More sense. I'm ashamed to be right. Yeah, because so if you haven't watched Survivor Series yet, or you haven't watched Oliver Davis's review of Survivor Series, you haven't read anything about this. Raw won every single match on the card. 
the main card because on the pre-show, the SmackDown tag teams won. But then on the main show, Michael Cole said, in so many words, that match doesn't count. And Raw is now up one one nothing when uh, the women's team won. And then that was it. And then Raw won every single match that followed that. And to, like, to just reiterate that, after the women's match, and you get this graphic at the bottom that says, Raw won, SmackDown zero. Yeah. I'm like, what, what about the tag? And Michael Cole says that. It then cuts backstage, and Stephanie and Baron are watching on, and Stephanie goes, well... If you want to become permanent Raw General Manager Baron Corbin, because he's only acting at the moment after Kurt Angle's dismissal, you'll have to get a clean sweep. And that's when I was first like, they didn't count the tag match, <laughs> which was won by the end. By one the of the Usos. better shows. But sorry, one of the better matches of the entire night. Well, I think yeah, the last five minutes of that were, were really, really good. Yeah, because Corey Graves is the one that pointed out that SmackDown won the kickoff show. And Cole then just said, yeah, that doesn't count. Raw is up one nothing." And my first instinct was like, <laughs> then what was the point of the match? If the point of the match, if like, if the match didn't count, A, why bother having it? But B, if your story was going to be Raw gets a clean sweep, why didn't Raw just win? It's, it's not real. It's a fake product. Like, you can make the other team win. So just have Raw win if that's going to be your story. Why have SmackDown win and then go like, ah, yeah, but it didn't matter. Why should I ever watch a kickoff show ever again? Yeah, it's, it's uh, as if kickoff shows weren't undermined already. It was two hours. Uh, but there, there, was, there was a period of time where the kickoff show used to be the, sometimes the show stealers, the New Day Usos feud. There was a, there was a terrific... A shield match once on the pre-show or was it another Usos match I think it was something to do with the Rhodes brothers and that mm. that was on a pre-show and it was always the Cruiserweight stuff was on mm. the kickoff show as well and that was usually particularly when uh, Pac was champ you always used to get some really good matches on there as well so there were there was a period of time when watching the kickoff show was relevant but this show has told you this show told you two things A kickoff show doesn't matter Actually, maybe three things. R uh, B, Raw is the best. And C, SmackDown is full of smelly, stupid dum-dums. Mm. And you should never care about any of them. But thankfully, the superstar shakeup will come after WrestleMania and SmackDown can get some of Raw's good talent for when they then move to Fox later in the year. Maybe, maybe sooner. So there was a tweet from Shane McMahon following his just disastrous loss. A loss that, you know, maybe wouldn't have happened if he stayed away. Oh, and Paige. He, he was the sole survivor. He was the. Well, he, he didn't survive. Well, I know, but he was, he the, was the last person yeah. on their team. He was the shining star of SmackDown. They would have done so much worse had it not been for Shane McMahon, mm. the best wrestler in the world. Well, he's tweeted a change. You know, a change needs to happen. Oh. Obviously, got to reassess stuff. So maybe Tuesday we'll we'll have because we've got Lars Sullivan. That was a thing that was announced with a video package. Lars Sullivan is coming soon. Didn't say to which brand. This is a dual branded show. God, I hope it's SmackDown. Yeah. So why? No, well, he's going straight to Raw. Well, no, Vince but, saw him. Well, here's the thing. Like, so I thought about this when, yeah, we did. <laughs> when the Lars Sullivan video, thing I, I know when the video package played and it was Lars Sullivan. I was like, Ollie wasn't kidding. Vince did find him. He used his GPS yeah. to find the meatiest man within the performance center and brought him up to the main roster. A guy, let's be honest, would quite happily have another year in NXT. He'd mm. probably do much better with another year in NXT. But that's by the by. I'd want to see him go to SmackDown because on Raw especially after the men's elimination match you have got Braun Strowman as an unstoppable monster Drew McIntyre as an unstoppable monster 
Bobby Lashley is an unstoppable monster. Brock Lesnar is an unstoppable monster. The last thing you need is a fifth unstoppable monster going onto that show. Hey, that's a perfect Survivor Series team <laughs> for next year. Of all the unstoppable monsters of all. Are you saying that Brock's going to be here next year? I mean, I haven't said that. We've joked hey. about this all year long. He probably will Let's be there next year. Let's not count Let's not count it out. So the whole uh, kickoff show thing of Survivor Series does feel to me like, oh, we lost one, eh? No, 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 I'm changing the rules. Force field, <laughs> force field, extra life, respawn, yeah. I'm back in the game. I'm like, dude, dude, no, you're dead. He's like, no, 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 because I own I own the game, so yeah. I'm just changing it. It's like when you used to play Warhammer 40k when you were a kid, but your mate reckon, your mate claimed that he knew more of the rules. Mm. And because he did read the rules, because those were like big thesaurus-sized manuals, you're like, I suppose I've got to trust him on this. I've just got to trust that he is telling me the truth, and that's why I always lost, I guess. But we're going to focus on the men's mm-hmm. Survivor Series match. Of course, all the matches throughout the night, apart from 205 Live. 205 Live was one on one. It both won and lost a match. <laughs> uh, we get that, like, they all tallied up to the overall 6 0 win for Raw. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to focus in on the men's elimination match. Because I feel this was the one that was most telling about why Raw is better and SmackDown mm. is dumb. Um, and that is because the story of this match was that the Raw team could not get on. And they were beating each other up all the damn time. Whereas the SmackDown team was a cohesive unit. They were working together. They were all on the same page. And yet they still could not beat a team that was essentially beating themselves. Not only that, the Raw team won with three members left standing. SmackDown got obliterated. Yeah. There was a point during this match, and it made me laugh so much. Samoa Joe got eliminated in 10 seconds oh, by Drew McIntyre. That was frustrating. Of all people, Samoa Joe was the first person eliminated within 10 seconds from a uh, Claymore kick. So SmackDown are down a man already. Then SmackDown go on a bit of a flurry, and they start beating up some of the Raw guys. Renee Young then says... Smackdown are dominating. I was like, no, they're not. They're a man down, you idiot. She had a bad night for commentary, old Renee. Renee's getting worse. She had. She's, she's, she, was, yeah. she was being fed awful line yeah. after awful line. And she just had to say it. She had to just sit there, smile and say it. We don't know that. She it. could just be bad. She's better than Beth. And I think, what a and, and I think, And I think she's better than Percy Watson. And maybe she's oh, better. No, nah, I think she's Percy better. Watson's better, like as he is on NXT. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because mm. I don't come out of things going, "Man, Percy Watson was annoying and saying stupid things." He just I come say out anything. saying, I, "Nigel and Moro were great." <laughs> Why was he there? Did <laughs> he have Mor- a night off? <laughs> I noticed. I don't know if you noticed this. Moro sits like this <laughs> to Nigel. So and then per- Percy's over here. And did you see that, Nigel? <laughs> <laughs> But like, hey guys, hey yeah. guys, I, I've got a fact too. And then they just yeah. completely shut ignore up, him. Shut up, Percy. Uh, they don't even say shut up, Percy. They don't even know he's there. They've all got oh, him on mute. Yeah, coffee, please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that part happened of, uh, of this match. And you had Drew and Braun warring. So they're obviously set. Hopefully they're setting up a feud. But Braun's next feud appears to be with Baron Corbin. So they're tussling. Uh, Drew, I thought, was very good here. As annoying as the Samoa Joe early elimination was, which the crowd chanted, rightly, ball S-word, he's probably one of the most engaging people on that SmackDown side. And they're in California. Yeah. He's from Huntington uh-huh. Beach. And you, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and you get rid of him so quickly. It's just like, 
what what were you thinking? But that does make Drew look super awesome. And then Drew continued to, and I like it because it's not like a cowardly heel thing. It's just like, a, no, I'm better than you heel and I'm going to do this all by myself. Well, he wouldn't tag him Finn. He kept on tagging Braun out. So he's kind of like a, I'm going to come and get you heel. So it did showcase Drew very, very well. Unfortunately, that was, at the, like you said, at the detriment of all of SmackDown. Yeah. Where SmackDown were very cohesive. Miz was working so well with Shane. Yeah. Like he was saying, go and get him, go and get him. He was, Miz was holding people in the corner so Shane could hit the coast to coast. In the pre match pep talk, that they were kind of doing the old Vince McMahon, Steve Austin invasion promo. Yeah. Where Steve Austin would just repeat everything Vince said, which is a great, one of the all time great segments. So great. Undertaker corpses or breaks <laughs> in America's uh, slang. So he's, they're, they're trying to run off that. But yeah, Miz and, and there was no dissension, never teased. It was like SmackDown were just bodies to play out this Raw thing. And sticking with Invasion, let those bodies hit the floor uh, yeah, and yeah. to Braun's power slams. Because that's the other side of this. SmackDown were not only just a cohesive unit, they put Braun through a table. And they, like, you know, coast-to-coast drop kicks. But that was not enough. It was just not enough for the dominant Raw team, which surviving with three members left over. And, of course, as we said, Shane McMahon was the one who outlasted everyone else on the SmackDown side. So on that Shane McMahon tweet where he was like, things are going to have to change, I'm almost thinking on Tuesday, is this Shane McMahon heel turn coming or not? Because Shane was a total babyface in this match. He was the courageous babyface in this match. And he was a babyface through the whole show. So if this heel turn is coming, his promo on Tuesday has got to be based around, guys, I was the last one in the match. Where were you all? I'm the best in the world. I'm the best in the world. What happened to you? (laughs) Another bad Renee call in this match. When he did his first coast-to-coast, Renee Young said, he's going to take years off his career. I'm like, Renee, he's 48! (laughs) Yeah, that untrained wrestler had such a long career ahead of him. He's Uh, been doing this for 20-odd years, Renee! I, uh... It is, it is bad, but I don't think I want to see anyone else turn heel. Like, I've had <laughs> Brian and Charlotte in the last five days, I, you know, I think that's enough. Who'd have thought that that potato from Nia Jax would have such catastrophic events on WWE? That now, yeah, Charlotte Flair's heel, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so so the, the order was Joe gets taken out first, yep. then it's um, Finn, and then Dolph, because... Yeah. You know, of course, Finn. Like, yeah, he was obviously there just to take the the full pin. Like, pin. We may as well be pin. Pin Balor. Pin Balor. Pin Balor. Pinned Balor. Like, he gets pinned by Mysterio. They actually had a very good sequence when it was just the two of them. And pinned yeah, Balor. They, gets, had, they had really good chemistry. Yeah. Actually. And then Drew just picks up pinned Balor, looks at him, and is like, "God, you're rubbish," and just throws him down to the mat, throws him out the ring. Um, yeah, and then uh, Dolph was eliminated from that coast to coast that shaved years off Shane McMahon's career. Uh, who was I, the- I, I must say, Shane, so then Shane goes up to hit another coast to coast on I can't remember Lashley, who. I think Lashley, and as he does it, Braun back up from the table spot, clotheslines Shane midair. I thought that was cool. It was cool, but it did remind me of last year's spot with yeah. the Roman Reigns. Which was super cool, but it super dangerous. Super concussion heavy was yeah. what it was. Shane, if you don't remember, Shane McMahon did the coast to coast, but Roman speared him out of midair and Shane got a legit concussion Just off like the back of it. Boom! Back and of his head on the mat. That was what I, I thought was going to happen again here because he just clotheslined him out of midair, splatted hard down on the mat. Uh, but that wasn't where Shane got pinned, of no, course. No, that, no. That, led to, um, <laughs> that led to Ray getting pinned. Uh, oh, no, Miz got pinned first. Then 
Ray got pinned, and then Shane got I, pinned. Jeff got pinned before all of them. I forgot Jeff was Jeff, in this Ray, match. Jeff, Ray, Miz, you know, then Shane. Do you know why I forgot Jeff wasn't in this match? It's because he wasn't wearing a SmackDown t-shirt. I just didn't know what team mm. he was on. It was very difficult to tell. Yeah, that was, that was weird that he didn't... And you think... You're the best in the world, Shane. He even stands up like, I'm going to take on Braun Strowman. Like the plucky underdog baby face that he is. Bobby Roode and... Bobby Roode? Uh, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Who cares? And Drew McIntyre. And then, yeah. Bra- Braun, yeah, Braun just power slammed everyone. Uh, after a cool, a very cool missile dropkick. Not water levels, of course, <laughs> but still pretty impressive. And it was just like an absolute burial of the SmackDown brand. And yeah, let's not forget that this brand... SmackDown is going to become the A-Show next year. They're going to have to make the, tr- the transition to SmackDown being the A-Show because that's the one that's going on Fox. That's the one with all the money on the line. If that deal doesn't work, that's the where it's going to go absolutely tits up. This, these two million viewers they're getting at the moment on USA Network, that is not going to fly over at Fox. They're going to have to really up their game. That's why Ronda's going to go over and I imagine Braun's going to go over and like all their big stars are on Raw are going to move over to SmackDown in the Superstar Shakeup. But some like what an absolute burial of like the guys that are on there. Do you know what my my hope is for Tuesday? This is my I was thinking about this on the tube ride in. Mm. I want the SmackDown team to be standing in there, you know, with Mysterio and Hardy and Joe and Shane and Miz, I've forgot the team was for a second then. And then out from the back walk people like Almus, Rusev, Dillinger, all these guys that are always overlooked and be like, this you lost because you based your whole team around 2006. We are, I mean, I know Dillinger's about like 67 at this point because he's been there for decades. But like, we are talent that's always being overlooked. Why weren't we picked? And actually starts to be like, the reason why you lost is because we weren't on the team. Feature some of these guys that people want to see. That That is cool. I yeah. But more likely, happen, more likely it'll be Lars Sullivan just comes in yeah, and, and is yeah. the Braun Strowman of SmackDown. He's the future. <laughs> he could be. He could be. In could two, be. He is the future. That's why he's in developmental. Absolutely. Keep him down there a bit longer. And the future is now. I just hope that he's got new gear when he comes up because those ah, last, gear those last trunks are rubbish. So just to put the, the pin on how little the SmackDown side of things mattered, Braun eliminates four people in a row really quickly. Three surviving members of Raw. Braun celebrates Baron Corbin, who's the Raw team captain, didn't compete. Clothes signs Braun from uh, behind and him, Drew and Bobby celebrate at the top of the ramp. Yeah, because really this match was just to build up Braun versus Baron Corbin, which presumably at TLC. And it's mm. so funny because when they announced, there was a segment where all the Raw guys were backstage and Baron said, oh, you, do, you, you can't touch me until after Survivor Series. And in my head, I was like, I completely forgot about that stipulation. Raw are definitely winning tonight, aren't they? And that's when I realised I'd made an error in picking Team Smackdown. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So as we already said, the kickoff show had the uh, non-canon Survivor Series elimination match of the tag teams. Yeah, but also total canon of changing the storylines that were leading into the... So it was announced that Ruby Wright and Natalia weren't going to be part of Team Raw. And so they announced Bailey and, uh, Bailey and Banks. Now I watched... I didn't watch the kickoff show first. So I'll, I'll put that out on Front Street. So I just watched the main show. When Sasha Banks came out, I was so confused. I was like, mm. did I misremember Raw? Did Banks win? No, they were laid out. They were <laughs> yeah. laid out, but the, the was, reason they I give. Was, yeah. yeah, I was like, almost certain Banks is not a part of this team. And then they announced that Ruby Riot and Natalia are not going to be part of Team Raw, and it's going to be Banks and Bailey because yeah. there's no one else to pick, I guess. Could have been Dana Brooke, I suppose. And why is that? It's because, uh, where's the quote here? We need to show Raw is the superior brand. So Banks and Bailey were left lying by all of these people on Monday in a kind of joke setup of a match where we're going to make you two fight to get the last place. Lol, neither of you have got it. We're going to beat you up anyway. Six days later, yeah, but raw. I bleed raw. <laughs> if you cut me, do I not have red in me? Yeah. And that, that, that was, it was just such a stupid motivation to do it. Ugh, and hate did, it. And did they announce who the fifth member of Team SmackDown was they as well? They did. Naomi said... Uh, the fifth woman is, and then our truth comes out. This was the start of the very good running gag throughout the night, which love, we'll come I, on to later. Our truth might have been one of the highlights of oh, this yeah, whole yeah, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very great. funny. And uh, Naomi points out, you're not a woman. And <laughs> truth says, well, you've got to bring science into this. <laughs> <laughs> and then reveals it's Mandy Rose. I wish they just kept it our truth. Bonus points for Luke Owen yeah, for picking Mandy Rose. One. It was thanks to Mandy Rose, my bonus Mandy that um, you and I tied uh, mm. for predictions. No, you... Oh, what, for Survivor Series, but you were down one on NXT. So, yeah. by the way, I'm winning with nine overall, and Luke and Laurie are tied at eight. Yeah. 
so yes, this tag team match, the elimination match, i.e., let's get sad about NXT call-ups, not doing anything there were, Do you know what? There was one point, so many bits that made me feel so sad in this match. Number one was seeing the revival in the Ascension doing the glorious pose um, with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Seeing Sanity wear SmackDown t-shirts, that made me very sad. Particularly Alexander Wolfe on the outside. I was like, oh, this is very sad. Uh, and yeah, there was another point that really made me sad as well. Um, oh, it was um, it was the B team working over um, Gallows and Anderson. Carl Anderson in particular getting worked over by Bo Dallas and Kurt Zaxel. Yeah. That made me very sad. So we won't spend too much too long on this, uh, but the the basic summary is the first five minutes were a bit rubbish. There were too many people in the ring, and there were just quick, infuriating eliminations of uh, who, who went first. B team went first. That was followed by. I don't know. Gallows and Anderson, I thought, I, thought, I, um, I thought the Colognes went first. Oh, I forgot the Colognes were in it. I <laughs> yeah. missed that out my review. Yeah. <laughs> the so the Colognes went as well. Uh, Lucha House Party. It comes down to just revival and the glory, like Usos. Bobby Roode yeah. and oh, yeah. Chad Gable versus New Day and the Usos. And those four teams, I thought, had a really, really good match. That was the highlight of this match, really. As you said, there were like so many people. So many people. Kalisto got injured during this match. And another member of Loser House Party just replaced him in the match. That's how many people were there at ringside. He kind of tweaked his knee, but I was... Was it a work or wasn't it? it and, I don't think... And Kalisto did wrestle... Yeah, like, see, he, he landed <coughs> awkwardly on his knee. <coughs> then sort of, like, stumbled around a bit. <coughs> tagged out. Then tagged right back in again and did yeah. a move. And then the next thing I know, Grand Metalik's on the apron. And yeah. the commentators are going like, why is Grand Metalik on the apron? And Kalisto then spent the rest of the match sat down at ringside. It's the kickoff show. <laughs> it's Anything not, can happen. It's not canon. Why bother caring? But the final, the final four teams were, were really very good. good. They yeah. all started brawling on the outside. Scott Dawson did a dive. Yeah, man. That's look, a flip. I was going to say, what happened to No Flips, uh, no flips Just Fists there? Yeah. Revival, Scott uh, Dawson. Big E. Like, usually I, I worry with those spears, but it looked phenomenal. Phenomenally dangerous. Yeah. But it, he, Big E just hit this huge spear outside on dash there's tornado ddts off the apron uh bobby sort of flips gable over the top rope and then there's an uso splash as well i think everyone's outside and then gable well uso one of the usos is preparing for a top rope splash gable gets up there on the second turnbuckle germans him off into the crowd of people we are not kidding he german suplexed one of the usos off the top rope to the floor it was the most insane thing i've ever seen and then that's it, hyperbole that is hy absolute <laughs> hyperbole absolute hyperbole but then it got even the more war games match just <laughs> happened yesterday that was more insane than anything at the war games match <laughs> that was more insane than ricochet's double moonsault i don't know if you're being serious he german suplex someone from the top rope to the outside Onto a load of guys well, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not putting. I'm not I was going to say Ricochet did a double moonsault onto a load of guys. Hardly, he missed most of them. <laughs> He's still spinning, uh, and there was also like just so many good spots of the chaos theory on Big E. That well, that's which what I was is say. no uh, easy task. He into hit, the neck breaker. He hit this suplex on Big E, and I was like, that was very impressive. And mm. then he hit this chaos theory, this deadlift chaos theory. Big E's selling at this, by the way, was absolutely brilliant. He had this look on his face, like, what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> It was and, so awesome. And then, yeah, it just uh, it, it turns into the Revival versus the Usos. And like, oh, that could be such a good match. Yeah, but tag teams are rubbish, mate. That's why they're all on the kickoff show. Uh, and th they had a really good last sequence as well. Loads of really effective near falls. Uso splash for the win. A really good first five minutes. But 
yeah, like sanity were just, that was the most stupid thing. If you're going to eliminate sanity really quickly, just have them do their gimmick and beat up a few people and walk out and who, act crazy. Who, who did eliminate them? It was Killian Dane got eliminated. He just <laughs> walked, he walked in, did a few moves, like not even impressive power stuff, and then was just like rolled up or something. Yeah, oh, uh, Bobby Roode eliminated them. Bobby Roode and um, Eric Young, they had a fight. Team Canada imploded mm. right in front of our face, right in front of our eyes. But then we got the main card, so we're actually caring about matches now. This is where it starts to count. Yeah, and uh, this is where the the booking kind of. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. So my review of Survivor Series is thus: in short, I thought the show was perfectly fine, completely saved by the last two matches. I thought it was a perfectly fine show. Questionable stuff here and there. Didn't like Raw winning every single match. Uh, but, and I was like, this is fine. It's a bit long. I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit bored. And then those last two matches completely turned it around mm. for me. And as we've said in the show before, it's how you leave them, folks. And those two matches, I was like, those were both excellent. Absolutely awesome. One of which I think is a potential WWE match of the year. In fact, both of them probably could be if it had a finish. And I just thought it was absolutely wicked. And it made me forget about the majority of the rest of the show. I uh, I was a bit cooler on the rest of the show, and I thought the booking was you know very damaging actually. And then so it's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, and then the the last two matches I enjoyed a lot, but I I just You'd been that wasn't what I wanted for Brian and Lesnar. I so. think I, I I completely disagree. Well, we will we'll, 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 we'll get on we'll, to we'll it. So get the to women's it. I think Survivor what, Series match. What might have helped me while watching this? I just want to preface what might have helped me watch this is I did get to watch this in chunks. Mm. Um, as of, I didn't watch it live, like so vomit I, chunks. So I got up to watch it after the show had aired, and I had some uh, building men come round to do some building work on the house. Fun, fun, installing new doors. So I had to like make cups of tea for them during the match. I got up to make breakfast and make cups of tea and things like that. So I, I managed to pause it, and I was able to walk away for five, ten minutes in sort of increments. And I think that might have helped my enjoyment of this show. Let's off the steam a bit. Let's off the tension. Whereas me, I was just pent up, <laughs> building the fury inside. There was one... so this women's elimination match, Luke. Before you keep going off kilter. Well, I just want to say there was one story from the guy who came in to fit my uh, my mm, interior doors. It's definitely relevant. Well, no, it is because he saw that I was watching Survivor Series. So I'm watching it in my office, and he said, "He goes, um, oh, wrestling fan, are you?" And I said, "Yeah, no, it's it's my job actually." He goes, "Oh, you did look a bit too old to be watching wrestling." Oh. <laughs> Put him through the table that he's brought with him. So, uh, yeah, the women's elimination match, Carmella yeah. comes out first, there's a little archery dance, and uh, Mickey James has never lost a Survivor Series match. Why has that not been brought up before? Like, why wasn't that built into storylines? Because she's going to be the first eliminated. <laughs> like, what, what is this? Is no, she, a no, she wasn't. To me, uh, Naomi was oh, first yeah, eliminated. Oh, yeah, Naomi and Tamina, that was too quick to even see. Uh, so there was the, the main story about this is people are coming out, and I just didn't see this coming, but I totally should have. Nia Jax comes out, nuclear heat. Mega heat for Nia. Most heat of anything on the show. Yep. And Michael Cole bills her as, you know, she's referring to herself as the face breaker. Hashtag, well, no, it's not the face breaker. It's hashtag. Oh, it's hashtag hashtag face breaker. And she comes out, she's got her hand, and she like, whew, sort of dusts it off mm. and like polishes it down. Mega heat for Nia. Whenever she was leading, whenever she was in the match, it was nuclear heat for her. And it's funny because someone tweeted me asking me, do you think that Nia's going to get massive heat on Sunday and I thought this is almost going to be like the crown jewel thing of like yeah the internet fans will certainly know and they'll be the ones that are really annoyed about that it's Nia in particular but I guess them doing the replay on Smackdown yeah. really helped mm. and like them building it throughout the kickoff show because she did get 
mega heat for this. And this match was designed to get Nia over so Ronda can beat her at TLC. Or, I, I mean, I re- yeah, I really do hope they pay off the Nia Jax Becky thing eventually. The, the Royal Rumble match would be the, the only really place you could make them cross over. Unless there's a superstar shakeup in the next week. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, she... she uh, I've seen people say you shouldn't reward dangerous botches mm-hmm. because that's essentially what's happening. You concuss someone. Uh, let's use it and give you more heat as, as a good thing. Uh, but also, I'm kind of like, the story comes first. <laughs> and this is a great story... It's, it's making me hate Naya when before I was disinterested in Naya as, as a character, remember? And, it's, it, yeah, it's like if this builds towards a Becky getting her own back on Naya, I think everything you do nefariously leading up to that is okay. This, this is real-world heat mm. that you, or a real-life situation that you've managed to capitalize on and turn into wrestling heat. Like, that, that for me, is a good thing. Yeah, you can argue that they shouldn't re- be rewarding such reckless, uh, reckless behavior, and, and I, I do agree to that to a certain extent. But if you're not going to do that, then you may as well turn that real-life heat into wrestling heat. If, as I said on the, Raw, on the SmackDown review, if Brie Bella was a heel when she kicked Liv Morgan in the face, they would have used that to fuel Bree's heel. Well, because she was a baby face, they just completely swept it mm. under the rug and pretended it never happened. And we really wanted that yeah. that match to happen. So Tamina and Naomi start off, and yeah, that, that was... I've written down here, Tamina eliminates Tamina, <laughs> which shows how interested I was. Yeah, Naomi was team captain, um, and she was eliminated she, first. Paige was team captain. Was she? Yeah, but Naomi was doing the cheerleading backstage. But I guess that's why Team SmackDown lost, is because their captain, A, their captain was not a ringside, and B, their other team captain was eliminated straight away. It's such an important role. It's <laughs> So Naomi eliminates, no, Tamina eliminates Naomi. Carmella then rolls up Tamina and celebrates with a dance break. So they're both gone uh, right out the way. Nia Jax breaks up the dance break. Mega heat. Every time she gets in the ring was really good. Uh, and they cut, like, kind of wisely keep her away from doing a lot of wrestling <laughs> so like every time Nia gets on the apron like Asuka would butt bump her off mm. and the, the, this bit here so that they really held off on the Nia Jax proper stuff until the end I thought it was quite a well laid out match for that yeah. uh, Asuka and Mickey were in the ring Shades of NXT Toronto cheap plug for our review of that on the patron exclusive podcast end of this week fingers yeah. crossed um, Mandy Kate came in and she stole Sonya's pin on Mickey James. Which led to nothing because mm. she was then eliminated. For now, like maybe that will come up on SmackDown. Yeah. So it's a it's a story point at least. I guess. Carmella um, eliminated with a belly to Bailey. Banks makes Mandy tap in the bank statement. Yeah. I was really disappointed or I felt sad for poor old Bailey. They're in California. She's mm. from San Jose. Zero reaction. I mean it was obviously more than I, it, it was more than Tamina got mind but th- i felt the crowd were more into sasha banks than they were yeah. bailey yeah bank i thought banks and bailey did get pops when they came out uh but yeah n- nowhere near the amount they should do uh but then so so sonia and bailey had pretty good chemistry as well yeah they got a double count out elimination and good it way, comes down yeah. to sasha versus asuka which was really super cool i just forgot that this was a matchup that could happen well it happened on raw what did it? Well, yeah, when Asuka was when on Raw. Asuka was on Raw. Like this time last year. Ah, uh, no, I said, in my, I said in my thing, this is still a dream match. Uh, <laughs> Oliver Davis. I forgot I'm, about that. I'm almost certain it happened a couple of times on Raw. Yeah, it probably did. Probably <laughs> happened 20 times in consecutive weeks. And it's just it just washed over me after a while. I bet I said those were really good matches. 
<laughs> it was my first time doing a, a 10 minute review today. Yeah. So I, in all I fairness, lost. I may be wrong, but no, I, no, I think I, I'd be willing to bet that they did have a match on Raw at some point. Um, but that was that was they worked really well together. But Nia turns on Sasha, uh, so Asuka eliminates Sasha. But then Nia just gets in, hits the leg drop for the win. Soul yeah. Survivor. Soul Survivor. Nia Jax fans were not happy about that. I I'll be honest. I'm amazed they didn't do it with a punch. Mm, like Asuka, good, Asuka stands up. She gives her the punch to the face, and then just stands there and just goes, dusts it off again, shrugs of the shoulders foot on pin I mean yeah it's, it comes to the detriment of Asuka but at this point why could you possibly care about what Asuka's doing mm. because she has had a woeful 2018 yeah this wasn't this wasn't designed to build Asuka at all absolutely not and then we got that backstage segment with the Raw and Smackdown GMs where Stephanie said oh the kickoff show didn't matter yeah but then we got Paige and Shane turn up and I thought I don't think they turned up I think they were always there oh they just standing off camera but then the camera turned round to them and there they were so many people standing in a row shots on this show I've got the, the the shot where Banks and Bailey are added to Team Raw god how many women there's seven women <laughs> standing in a in row, a row. Uh, but the, Baron had a really good line I thought Baron Corbin's Baron Corbin's facials are excellent so, so he, he had this really good line about Oh, yeah, yeah, SmackDown could be really good. I mean, you've got AJ Styles and, oh, no, wait. Oh, you've got Becky Lynch and, oh, was that too soon? Yeah. It, it was perfectly delivered. And I thought that stuff was better than when he did the Your Local Sports Team reference because I guess Elias can't do that anymore, so they're just mm. giving it to Baron Corbin instead. Got all that material that they haven't. <laughs> they can't give it to someone. <laughs> Next up, we got Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it didn't ha- didn't oh, I, never I quite, really happen. I quite for liked me. it. I, yeah. I thought the match was actually pretty good. I thought the Nakamura was enthused about a match which we haven't seen in a while. Um, and I, I had one. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, I suppose. I thought this was probably one of Nakamura's better main roster matches. Hmm. Um, I, th- I actually thought it was a pretty a bit boring at the start, but I thought it really picked up by the end. My my main notes from it, however, are that Rollins gets to wear the jewel shirts because he's not a full geek. He doesn't have to wear the full Raw t-shirt. And Nakamura looked like he was wrestling in his pajamas. Why he I wrote, did look uh, comfy. I wrote JD from Scrubs. Because <laughs> it was all blue. He just looks so comfy. I t- so like it's weird. Everything was there. But I just didn't... I never connected with it for some reason I think you were very much on the same level of Byron Saxton because when Seth did his superplex Falcon Arrow Byron Saxton in as monotone way possible went what a match (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was I've said Rollins is brilliant at structuring matches around his match and there were all the bits of the the dives there was oh sorry Steve that was me there was the dives there was the Falcon Arrow into the Blue Thunder Falcon Arrow into the Falcon Arrow and it's just there was the curb, the, the finisher kickouts, the curb stomp out of nowhere. I just it just did well, nothing I, for so, me. So perhaps I mean, it's not like it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. I just when you see Nakamura and Rollins First on time the ever. card, I'm not saying they've got to go out there and have a blow away their best pay per view match they possibly can because of the positioning in the card. But I, I, it should be better. Well, I'd imagine perhaps if I, I can posit this to you. It's because Seth told you not to care about the match on Monday, mm. and they've done virtually zero builds towards it. So this was just a match. This may as well have been a house show match. But I, th- I, but I thought, given that there was zero build going in, it was pretty good. I really liked it. I, I know what you mean, but I didn't have any 
I didn't really care about Ali versus Murphy, but I got into that purely because of the physicality in the okay, ring. So enough. I don't think that's an excuse, really. Um, no Dean Ambrose interference nope. or anything. No, but they did announce later on that he will be facing Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. Dean yeah, Dean Ambrose will be facing uh, Seth Rollins for the IC belt at TLC, a match mm. which Seth Rollins seemed surprised about. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he was like, he was like, I'll have to. oh yeah, I'm supposed to have that match. I was like, mate, I mean, this was been building to. What did you expect was going to happen? I just think, like this match and that announcement. There's more there. There's more there that could have been done with it. Seth and Dean announcing in their first match the IC title on the line. Just a backstage passing comment. Yep. They used to build episodes around that. I don't know. Man, that's not what it is anymore. So uh, backstage, Team Corbin. Uh, team Corbin. Team well, Corbin. Team was Team Corbin. Team Raw. That's, what, in the that's the, the dropped plan. <laughs> the it was Team plan. Corbin versus Team Angle God, back in the day. What would have happened? Like, What would they have done to SmackDown if Roman Reigns did not have to have... Well, uh, Corbin would have won. Yeah? Yeah, because... That seems to have been their plan always. What happened to... Oh, yeah, Kirk got beat by Drew, didn't he? Um, I forgot about that. Uh, but anyway, they were talking about, like, Braun was like, I'm going to be the dominant one, and Drew said, no, I'm going to be the dominant one. Uh, and then Corbin reminds Braun that he can't hit him until after Survivor Series, so Braun throws Leo Rush at Baron Corbin, and then R-Truth came in to save the segment. I was waning a little bit, then all of a sudden R-Truth showed up, and I was like, God, thank God you're here, Truth. Please do something funny. And do something funny he did, because he said that they are going to win, because <laughs> he's on the team. And there's like... Wearing his SmackDown shirt. Yeah, and it's like, well, you're not on the team. You're not even on this brand. And instantly in my head, I just got mean girls. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> they, they all uh, they all just stand there looking at him as well. I swear <laughs> Drew is that close to laughing. Bobby's just there like... <laughs> he doesn't... Ch- he's like a statue man. He just holds that position. Uh, th- there was a good line at the start. Braun comes in. He says, I don't like you to Drew. I don't like you to Dolph. I don't like you to Bobby. To Leo. I don't know who you are to Finn. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah, Finn Balor was on there, too. Mm. Yeah, Pin Balor. That's right. Yeah. AOP versus The Bar next. So this is... I didn't know... Obviously, I mean, I watched this late, but I didn't know there was a distraction in this match. No. And so all, of, all I saw was the crowd getting very distracted and then some people chanting later on, I assumed a beach ball had happened. I thought they were understandably bored by a match that had no build and was heel versus heel. Incorrect. It turns out that uh, Enzo Amore returns to WWE uh, for the first time since January. Uh, he came into the crowd. Brian Alvarez in his review said he was wearing the brightest white hoodie. He's the, mo- he's the worst ninja ever. He was wearing one of our wigs. Well, mm. I say wigs, one of the haircuts that we had after Super Showdown that were totally 100% legitimate. Uh, and and then he got apparently he stood up he was wearing his WWE merchandise wearing a belt that looked like a WWE belt and started doing his WWE shtick and and you can't teach that and yeah and then which it, very and was, few people were joining in with yeah and then there was chance later on of we want Enzo and no we don't um, if you can feel for me I want to find Will Ospreay's tweet about it because it really made me laugh yeah so that was happening in the crowd but I don't like I don't think you can blame that on 
like the the crowd disinterest in this match have you got the i've got the will osprey tweet um uh, so tesco for our american viewers is like a it's a giant supermarket like a walmart uh, imagine you used to work at tesco then you got fired from tesco then you show up embarrass embarrassing yourself at tesco then being kicked out of tesco by its security team i genuinely can't think of anything more tragic maybe if you did it in front of thirteen thousand <laughs> people on live tv crying with laughter face emoji yeah so it's uh we won't get into the enzo stuff here because this is Survivor Series, but uh, yeah, it just it was a bit pathetic overall. Well, Jericho said it's a, he thinks it's a work. No, no, I doubt it. What like he was he was done because he's got a rap gig. Like, yeah. he might have had a rap gig that Some night. Some of that rap music he was he was trying to uh, to promote mm. under the real one name. It's, it's tonight. It's on. It's after Raw apparently. Oh, okay, and, and his album came out. His album dropped. Sorry. Okay. You don't. They don't come out. No rap albums. They drop. Uh, yeah. That's, that's that's his album dropped it. it well, you know, his guerrilla marketing clearly worked because we wouldn't have said those words unless he showed up on mm. this show. So, congrats, Enzo. I, I mean, it was only wrestling fans that were ever really going to care about what you did. Probably shouldn't have said they were all fat, useless people in your music videos. <laughs> uh, so, back to the match. It was. It was a match. It, nothing really happened. Yeah. I, I did like the shame. Well, nothing really happened. Well, up until the end. So. Sheamus and Razor and Akam were having some good stuff together. Akam. Just Akam because they're big. They're <clears throat> big meat men. And then Bro Kick. Drake Maverick puts, uh, I can't remember which. Oh, it was Razor. Razor's foot on the ropes to break up the pin. Cesaro chases Drake Maverick round. And I, like, I already thought, it's weird that you're wearing grey jogging bottoms, considering <laughs> your usual attire, like snappy suits on 205 Live, yep. and just just like leather jacket stuff and jeans with AOP on Raw. Chases him round, Big Show grabs him by the neck, lifts him up onto the apron, looks like he's going to chokeslam him, Drake Maverick's getting really scared, Cesaro's right up close, camera zooms in a bit, a gimmick happens where it looks like he pissed himself yeah. in fright. I could, I mean, I was awoken in the night by a rumbling. I didn't really know what it was. I've now learned that it was Vince McMahon cackling backstage. Mm. Uh, because that was done for an audience of one. It was Vince McMahon probably found it absolutely hilarious. So I think low-key, after the men's Survivor Series match, this is actually the most damaging thing, booking-wise, on Raw. So I really didn't like this, because Drake's been positioned as very credible on 205 Live, and we haven't seen much of him with AOP. But that's allowed us to fill in the, the holes where it's like, oh, you must be quite a mastermind, AOP are winning now, they're tag champs. This is the manager of your very serious heel act on Raw, who are the, at the top of the division. And you do a skit now with no character build-up. There's been no comedy stuff with Drake beforehand. Nothing to foreshadow this. Where he pisses himself. And it was just... It now undermines... It, it makes him a comedy character going forward on Raw. And what that does, by extension, is make AOP a comedy act. And the bar looked like idiots because it distracted them long enough to then lose the match. It wasn't funny. It was. <laughs> no, if there is one thing to say about this, it was not funny. Like I, I, I would say. I'm it's so. Childish. I'm so glad the builder man wasn't there at that point. Yeah, it's embarrassing when stuff like this happens mm -hmm. because I would say it's childish, but I think even children, are, you know, they're smart. Yeah, they, they can see through this crap. It was. It was rubbish. Um, it just also it made Drake look like he had an enormous penis. <laughs> 
because a consensual one, no doubt. No doubt. Because it, I just imagine you had a big bottle there with a squirt mechanism. Tie. Awful, 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 awful. Team SmackDown were backstage next, where Miz did the the Shane McMahon promo thing, where he was agreeing with everything and. Our truth appears again. Yes, yeah. our truth comes in. I, I wrote more notes for this segment than I did the entire Bar versus AOP mm. match because, crikey, a lot of this happened. Uh, Shane McMahon was there to just put over SmackDown and he was finishing off every... Someone's uh, got it. <laughs> he was finishing off every line. He was like, you're the charismatic enigma. You're this, that, you're the... You are SmackDown. And there's a guy, you are SmackDown. And this, that, and the other. And then, yeah, then Truth walks in and Miz says that if, uh, if we win... I'm going to give everyone a signed copy of the Marine Six. Mm. And behind him, Rey Mysterio nods and goes like, that sounds good. (laughs) Like, Rey, up until that point, was like, I'm not really bothered if we win. Oh, if I get a signed copy, well, maybe I will then. Yeah, no, I think I definitely want to win now. R-Truth, however, asks for a a Becky Lynch signed photo. Yeah. Um, And and it was so sad to see Joe a part of this segment. Mm. Yeah. and yeah, Truth, they said like... Smelling of coconut oil there. <laughs> Truth comes in. He was asking Shane McMahon to get a job on SmackDown. And Shane tells him, you're already on SmackDown. And he said, well, that's good because Raw's a mess. <laughs> so much of a mess, they beat SmackDown quite handedly in the five-on-five elimination match. Yeah. Then we got Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali, which I think is was the best in-ring match of the night. 100%. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, I <coughs> will disagree with you because I thought the main event was. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought this was terrific. So glad this was on the main card. And it, this, it puts over the Cruiserweight division. And these two lads went out there with a complete aim because no one was massively into this match at the start. But by the end, they were because these two guys had one intention in mind. We want to get people into this. We want to yeah. get people to try and watch more 205 Live. And that is an absolute credit to them. I thought it really worked. That is their job. Even when people are watching 205 Live, they're just waiting for... They were waiting for SmackDown main events. So they're very good at getting disinterested people to care about the matches. They've had about two years of practice by now. And the video package that played before this made this feel like such a big-time fight. Like, I loved all the weigh-in stuff and things like that. I just thought this was... I thought this was brilliant. I thought it was a really cool video package. It was the only one they got. Oh, no, there's a couple of video packages later on, I suppose. But this made it feel like a main event level match. Hats off, man. You made the Cruiserweights look very, very cool. Nothing else really has a story, I suppose. But there were loads of really good spots here. Uh, A lot of them were Murphy just pushing Ali (laughs) off of the top rope or the top turnbuckle. Yeah. Ali threw himself off things. He threw himself hither and yonder to to make these pushes look great. And like to put over the idea that Murphy is the juggernaut and he's Mm. much stronger than a lot of the uh, 205 Live roster. I I thought they had an absolutely terrific match. Went about 10 minutes, would you say? Exactly 10 minutes. Exactly 10 minutes. Uh, And maybe, maybe 11 minutes. I just, it got to the point where there's this tremendous spot. They're outside and Murphy's clearing the announcer's table, but they go up onto it and Ali hits this, Per- perfect Spanish fly off the announcer's table to the outside. It got a 205 chant going. Yeah. That is no small feat. Absolutely not. And uh, then they go inside. There's some really cool cheeky Nando spots, uh, two power bombs, and the crowd are chanting, This is awesome. I'm like, you know, this match has, like, the last couple of minutes have been really good. And I wanted it to go another five. Mm-hmm. And that's when, unfortunately, that was when the finish came. So yeah, I, yeah. I love this match, but I think this would have been 
even better if they had a bit longer to I, work with. Absolutely, I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, I, and it was actually, I'd argue, with the exception of the Nia Mega Heat, it was probably the best reaction um, an in-ring match was getting because the women's mm. match, they did die out quite quickly. If, when Nia wasn't in the ring, they did crowd were sort of pieced out a little bit. They, weren't, they were a bit, you know, quite hot for Nakamura and Rollins because everyone likes Rollins died for AOP bar but I thought this where they got a really good reaction out of this crowd this crowd seemed super into it so congratulations guys I thought you almost stole the show Brian walks past Kayla Braxton backstage she asks him a question he just smiles and walks away the key to it was it was a question that would have prompted a yes response mm. but he didn't ah, do okay, it and okay. he just walked away still got the long hair and beard which I'm gutted about then we got the Lars Sullivan video package coming soon to a brand near you. And coming soon is not the most definite measure of time in WWE. Emelina was coming soon. Then we got the men's Survivor Series matches. And after all that, I'm kind of like, you know, this is this is long. I haven't had breaks like Luke. I've watched this in one continuous chunk. This match only went 24 minutes. The men's one? Yeah. And the last year's one went like 50, didn't it? it well, really yeah, I was going to say, no, I thought it for like, went like an hour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it didn't like... It was just like a night. But I'm, I'm talking about the whole night, not just the last match. And it was, you know, Raw were winning every match. I thought the booking, just ignoring the tag team win, the Drake Maverick stuff was just insulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, and, and the, the men's match was stupid as well. So I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is a crappy pay-per-view. And then Charlotte and Ronda Rousey came out. And had a really, really good match. Terrific match. You can also tell that Ronda is a star because she wasn't wearing a Raw t-shirt. Mm. She was sort of. It was like, it was, yeah, it was, it was on her neck. But she it? was doing it so that she, like, oh, I'll wear it, but I'm not really going to wear it because I'm not a nerd like the rest of you lot. Charlotte wore a SmackDown t-shirt. Which is, But yeah. for how long? Because they they structured this match around, it was, you know, simple, simple classic narrative. I, my finisher is an armbar. I'm going to target your arm. Well, my finisher is a, a figure four. Yeah. I'm going to ta- target your leg. Uh, I think you've gone to the figure eight. Sorry, figure eight. I got my numbers mixed up. But yeah, that was that was essentially it. And they, the, uh, it helped because Ronda got busted open by Charlotte's elbow. Oh, intentional. Obviously intentional, not an accident. And she, she stopped and looked at her and then just went like that. <laughs> Which like gave Ronda a really bloody mouth, yeah. and she had the most. Stu- I hate her makeup. <laughs> she had stupid makeup on again, which just looked like red marks under her eyes. Yeah. So there were parts where it looked like her eyes were bleeding and her mouth was bleeding. I thought she was all like it made her look like she had puffy eyes, like she just yeah. had a whole night of crying, and it, and you just your face feels all puffy the following day. Yeah, it, I mean I don't want to just watch about- the Notebook <laughs> as prep before coming out. A sad movie. It's a sad <laughs> movie. Oh, man. That was a great call. I mean, I'd have gone with the Fort in their stars, mm. which legit did make me cry so much. Made me cry so much that a uh, security guard at uh, 20th Century Fox made fun of me. Uh, but I thought this was a terrific, terrific match. And, like, the, they made it look so real. Mm. Like, it felt like a legit fight between snug. these three. Yes, yeah, snug. And I was just wicked. And, like, Flair's chops. You could tell she was throwing some weight behind them because R- Rousey's chest was completely lit up by these these chops, the same way that Becky's were at the, the last woman standing match at um, Evolution. Mm. I, I just thought this was absolutely terrific. And we now have a name for Ronda's judo throw. 
uh, as Michael calls it. The throw. She calls it the Piper's Pit. Oh, yeah, Piper's Pit. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. That's, like that's that. nice. Um, and there was an amazing, <laughs> my favorite spot of this match, because there was so much terrific stuff in this. But this was, and I don't say this very often, credits to Kevin Dunn. I thought he did a really good job with this, where Ronda does her usual, I'm going to fire up now, mm. I'm going to punch myself, and I'm going to get ready to unload with... And she turns around, and she runs into this Charlotte Spear from out of nowhere. They both took it perfectly. It was shot brilliantly. It was absolutely awesome. But on that, because the announce table was broken during the men's 515, and the rule is for commentators, you aren't allowed to watch the ring. You have to watch the monitors. They only had one monitor set up on the floor. So you could see so many shots of Renee Cole and Corey Graves crouching over each other to look at this one monitor. And I was like, God, that makes you all look so stupid. It's an iPad. <laughs> I was like, mate, stream it on your phone. I was like, mate, it's there. Mm. It is three feet in front of you. Just look up. Uh, but that spot was really good. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they got into a, a figure four off where they're rolling around. The yeah. run that's selling was terrific oh, for this. Oh, so good. And, you know, all of this stuff was so good, they got a this is awesome chant yep. from the crowd. And Charlotte rolls outside. Ronda runs round to take her out. Feels real. Feels like they're about to enter the, the final third of the match, which is why I wouldn't like... This is more of an angle than a match for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, she runs straight into a kendo stick shot from Charlotte. Immediate DQ... I called a double DQ. I know you did. So close. <laughs> I could have had another one right. And she just starts wailing on her, these, these really vicious shots. And then she takes off. She rips off the SmackDown t-shirt on a night of brand <laughs> loyalty. A night where these oh. two brands go head to head in direct competition. She bled blue this year. It was ambiguous until that happened. <laughs> that was the heel turn. Well, yeah. So Charlotte then, like... I would say officially turned heel in here because she had this like crazed manic look on her face and the commentators were really putting over like look I love Charlotte but this is too far she's really going too far stabbed her best friend in the back <laughs> she, woo she was this is gonna be good and she's like she should have been shouting that really while yeah. she was wailing <laughs> woo this, this is, is gonna, gonna be good, good. <laughs> Starts wailing on her with kendo sticks. Then she struggles for ages to wrap the chair around her uh, head. Yeah. Took her like 25 attempts, but eventually she pilmanizes Charlotte's head. All the, um, Okay, for months, for months, WWE fans have been saying, turn Charlotte heel. We can't get into Charlotte as a babyface. Just turn her heel. So they turn her heel. What did the crowd do? Cheered her uproariously like a massive babyface. Chanted, thank you, Charlotte. This is California. This is Ronda Rousey's... This is her area. And this crowd was saying, thank you, Charlotte. You cannot please wrestling fans. I was... Why I, bother trying? I always defend wrestling fans because I'm like, you should just tell better stories, WWE. It's your fault. Or like put on engaging shows if you think they're going into business listen, for themselves. Listen to the fans. That's what we <coughs> keep saying. This one, the, the, the bad, bad crowd. Bad, naughty crowd. We've been... The, the, ages. Ages we've been waiting for this. And we've been all making fun of Road Dog saying... You know, Road Dog, that's not the story we were telling. And it's like, yes, it is. We're going to cheer Becky no matter what. And they finally really clearly tell a hit. They couldn't be clearer. She's throwing down referees. She gets the chair out. The SmackDown teacher was ripped. <laughs> and they, they, yeah, they say thank you, Charlotte. And the welts on Ronda. She took a heck of a beating here. They yeah. clearly said to each other backstage, like, I'm not going to, like, don't pull punches. Do mm. not pull these hits. She had welts all over. Her back was all, like, scratched up. It looked so painful. And she stands tall. She's walking out on her own. And the crowd boo her. 
and just start and just boo her. No, not, to... not uh, it was it was it was split. But yeah, there were boos for Ronda. Yeah, yeah. and she she stands up and she looks at the crowd and she goes, "I'm sorry." And mm. She's got tears rolling down her face like a bloody little millennial crying <laughs> at the first first cause of pain. And uh, yeah, and they're like, and I I didn't like the fact she was in tears. I'd have had her look really pissed off like she was on Monday against Becky, but it's a bit sad that she was in tears. But then she's just walking up, and the crowd were just they weren't giving her at all. Mm. They were just sort of, as you say, maybe half the crowd, but she was getting booze and lots of chance of thank you, Charlotte. Naughty crowd. Uh, the the other thing that I didn't like was Michael Cole's commentary here. <laughs> as soon as Charlotte got that kendo stick out. He was like, ah, oh, you ruined what could have been a five-star match. And the amount of times he said, the five-star match, this was a five-star match. I was like, mate, <laughs> it was two-thirds of a match. It was th- three and three quarters, I guess, up until that point. I'm not, I'm not going to say there's a definitive scale, but... <laughs> Walter Will Ospreay, this was not. I just, it was so obnoxious. It was obnoxious. Uh, I've just written down, wanker. <laughs> I, I very rarely swear in my notes. Um, but this this does. I thought Ronda eventually got cheered when she s- stood up. But it it poses an interesting thing because we all thought after Survivor Series they might build towards a MMA versus WWE for Horsewomen feud. But now you've got heel Charlotte going back to SmackDown, and you've got this super heel Nia. It's like anything Becky touches turns to gold, or touches her rather. <laughs> And you could have this heel Charlotte versus Becky Lynch feud. And I know we just had three months of that. Yeah. But I think now that the dynamics are right, I think that could be really good for up until Rumble. I I mean, I'm going to disagree with you slightly Mm. on this one because that was what I... As soon as Charlotte turned heel, my instant thought was, oh, God, we're getting another Becky-Charlotte match. And as you said, we've just had months and months of that. I was so ready for Becky to move on to a new... That's why I thought they were protecting Sonya Deville in the women's match. Because I thought maybe they're going to do Sonya as the next challenger. Maybe they'll do... There's a plethora of people they could pick. Build up the Iconics. But just having Charlotte again. But now the dynamics are what we thought the dynamics should have been three months ago. I don't know, man. I don't need to see another encounter between these two. I would would prefer me and Road Dog to be on the same story page. But that's that's what we can do just, now. That's not the story they were telling, though. <laughs> well, that was that was very good. And then we got Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Now I loved this match. It's a very very good match. And um, it was it was a like looking back on it, like not living through it, because it was a twenty minute match. I think the first ten minutes was just Brock dominating Bryan, throwing him around, suplex city hits an F five at one point, goes to pin him. I'm like. Oh my God, what have they done? But Brock just lifts Brian's shoulder up, says, no, 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 we're going on a bit longer here, and just victimizes, as uh, Paul Heyman would say. And, and like the, the crowd are chanting, same old S-word. I felt that as well. I was like, oh, screw you, WWE. What a stupid thing to do. Joke's on me. I, was, I think we were all worked because the idea of the match was halfway through, and, and you think that's the story they're telling, Brian comes back and has... An amazing run of just really taking Brock to the limit and, and Brock just scrapes through at the end. It was absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah, really good. I mean, it was it was very, I, I wouldn't say it was incredible, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. And, and it's so similar to the AJ match from last year where Brock sold that calf crusher like a million bucks. Here it was the yes lock. His and, selling of the yes lock was uh, the best selling of that move. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's almost because Brock doesn't sell. 
So when you get that glimmer of panic in his eyes. That's what it was. It was all panic. It was all like just going around going like, uh-oh. Yeah. I, I'm in a hold. Now what do I do? Because he gets out, but then Brian's like, boom, 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 puts him back in it. Yeah, and he's like, uh-oh, I'm in the move again. Oh. <laughs> now what do I do? There's this beautiful shot at the end of the gallery on WWE.com for this match where it's Brock after the match and he is just on the ropes looking dazed and like, oh my God, I got away with that. And Paul Heyman's looking at him going, like they, was, they were like, we scraped through there. I thought it told such a great story and I absolutely loved it. We've always said Brock is awesome when he is motivated and this was one of those matches where brock is motivated and he wanted to have a good match and boy how I, i'm a ama- i actually i'm surprised i thought this was gonna be one of those you'd make this as a claim for ramble club at the end of the month mm, no well because I, I i thought it was absolutely superb so i yeah i really really enjoyed it now brian shouldn't be a heel well, yes. Like so, this is so. This yeah. is this. This, this whole was story. A, this was a babyface performance, with the exception of him acting like a dick at the start of the match and the low blow and the low blow. So everything uh, it just didn't make sense for me. And when you when when stuff doesn't make sense, you like, well, I'm enjoying the. It's like loads of explosions are going off in an action movie, and they're really cool explosions or fight scenes. But really, like, oh, but the story doesn't make sense. But these, I mean, these fight scenes are cool so brian comes down to the ring he has this really mischievous smarmy smile on his face i'm like this is heel brian this is cool where's this gonna go he gets into the ring and Corey graves is just aggressively putting over he's got something up his sleeve he's got a plan he looks like he knows something we don't know so i'm like okay this is how you work around brock lesnar being so undefeatable is by brian you know, he's, he outsmarts the beast. And then I think that's the story they tried to tell. But there's a, there's only so long that rope-a-dope works. Like, I don't believe that Brian was destroyed for 10 minutes. Legit beaten at one point when that first F5 was hit. It was Lesnar who picked him up. And then he only gets the upper hand when Lesnar goes for a second F5. And it's Lesnar's fault that the referee gets knocked over. No, it was the referee's fault. He, oh. The referee, the referee did not to be, did not need to be stood there. Whatever it was, it wasn't Brian's master plan. Mm-hmm. And then Brian uses that slight distraction to kick Lesnar in the balls, and that's when it started to turn around. And that was a heel move as well. So, so I just, I didn't like, I, I, I don't, I don't get the story of this match. I get like the emotional structure of this match, but I think the characters in the story make no sense. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I certainly don't disagree with you. But I mean, what I, I loved about this match, and I've, I've really enjoyed this within wrestling, is one of the reasons why I enjoyed the Dream Champer match on um, Saturday, um, is because there are often times I go into a match and I'm like, well, okay, well, I, mean, I think I know who the guy is coming out on this. But if they can then make me believe that the other guy is winning, like mm. well, there were moments where I thought. I think they're going to give Dream the belt. And there were moments here where I was like, Brian's going to win. Mm. Brian's going to, and I got so invested into the finish of this match. And that is all down to the story they told throughout that match. Granted, character-wise, a little bit slippy, a little bit slidey here and there. But I thought actually as a wrestling match, I just, I loved it. Absolutely loved but, it. But story-wise, it doesn't make sense either because how was that strategy ever going to work? Well, he's a, he's a heel and he took his advantage. But he was already beaten. 10 minutes beforehand Had, we don't know that Brock picked him up we don't I, know he was beaten like I said I really enjoyed I, I enjoyed the match I just I think it was com- like it was so superficial uh, but uh, it did make Brian look strong at the end I love Lesnar's selling 
Um, it's just fun to see Brock wrestle a match well because yeah. he can. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he he can. could do this all the time if yeah. he wanted to. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest with you. This this was my match of the night. I I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, my, like my match of the night was Charlotte Ronda. Um, I thought that was really well laid out with the angle as well. Then I would say Murphy Alexander. Then I'd say yeah. Then I'd say uh, Lesnar and Brian. Then I'd say the last five minutes of the tag match. Yeah, that tag match, I, th- I didn't say it earlier, but it was like, it was the ugliest spot fest uh, I've ever seen because, I mean, everyone was botching moves left, right, and center. But At the start, they were. Even towards the end, they were. Oh. There was some, like, confusion between um, Xavier Woods and one member of the year revival. I just thought it was sort of botchy throughout. But when the high spots kicked in, it did make me forget about mm. all them botches. Well, overall, I gave this a meh purview. Yep. A meh. Because... Really damaging booking mm-hmm. for for the large majority of the show. Uh, just just quite a, a tedious, not great majority as well. But a really good Ronda Charlotte match with a cool angle and uh, a decent Lesnar Bryan match. I mean, yeah, I'd have given it a map of you as well for the exact same reasons I gave last week's SmackDown a map of you. Whereas half of it, majority of it, wasn't very good. But the last last two matches were excellent, and that built it up, and that uh, saved the show. I thought it was a mere purview. Come at us in the comments, folks. I think it's been a mixed reaction because well, I've seen some people say it was awful, and I don't think it was. I don't think that's yeah. fair to say because those last two matches were so yeah, good, yeah. and the cruiserweight match was really good as well. Someone got in touch to me uh, and said this is the worst, worst one of all time. But that then, happens after every pay per view. I haven't seen anyone. I think someone on our Discord said. That was that was really good. I, I enjoyed it, but I don't think anyone's going. That was brilliant, or top to bottom. I think most no. people are like, huh? That was better than the average, below average. I was expecting, or that was the worst. Yeah. So we're in the we're actually in the middle of that with two out of five. Yeah, but I'm sure there'll be arguments anyway. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.